now arriving downtown Santa Monica Station. Hey, Adam. It's time for notes on your notes. I'm Adam Lesser. And I'm Joshua Townsend Zellner. Welcome to Notes on Your Notes, a podcast about the creative process and storytelling. Mm-hmm. A very special episode today. It Cause, is. Because we're going to create a new story, and the story is? It's an origin story. It's like a superhero movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're going to go over our art or origins. Our origin. Mm-hmm. Today is our 100th episode, folks. Wow. Two years, 50 episodes a year. We take two weeks off for Christmas. Yes. But today is episode 100, and we're going to talk to you about how we got to 100, how we got to two years, how mm-hmm. it began, mm-hmm. what we learned. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a good episode. It's going to be a great episode. It, almost as good as my elixir that I had this morning. Uh, Joshua can't function without a, a mysterious blend yes. of mushrooms and chocolate and coconut. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I, I, what I reduce it down to is everything that starts with a C. So as long as it starts with a C, I put it in my elixir, like chaga, cordyceps, coconut, cacao, you know, basic stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I've had yeah. one. They're very good. It just tastes like chocolate milk to me. <laughs> we were here when it was hot a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. Mm-hmm. And then I had one. And then you gave me another. Wow. It's like two chocolate shakes. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was really... Um, chocolatey. Yeah, it's day. good to be chocolatey, especially with coconut and cacao and chaga and cordyceps and all that really yummy stuff. So yeah, so we had that. So we're, we're primed for our 100th show episode. Um, I don't know. Are we going to cut in like some sort of like celebratory, like you know, uh, like uh, uh, visuals, like you know, like fireworks? Or? Yes. Okay, um, if your phone, if there are not fireworks going on on your iPhone right now, you can take it back because it's not working. Uh, no, you know, actually, mm. I had to go deep into the bowels of my laptop. It was not fun or okay. pretty. Wow. But I have unearthed the first ever recording of Joshua Townsend and Adam Lesser. No way. Are you serious? So this was December of 2016. Wow. Uh, it was December 27th, which means uh, we were not away for the holidays, you and I. That's true. We were right in between the sweet spot. Yeah. We were, we were there and we went to Inaka, mm-hmm. the Japanese macrobiotic restaurant on La Brea. That is no longer. That is no longer. That's mm-hmm. how you know you're old and you're like... I remember when that restaurant existed. But dude, that restaurant now was it's around. a drugstore. <laughs> that restaurant was around for like 30, 35 years and then gentrification comes to restaurants too, I guess, on La Brea. Yeah, it was sad. It was a yeah. weird little place that I liked. I used to, you could go there by yourself. There're not a lot of restaurants in mm-hmm. LA where you feel like you can just totally go solo and read a book and it was really quiet in there. Mhm. Very zen, yeah. It's very zen. I guess because there's a, a, other dysfunctional people, you know. <laughs> yeah, there are other losers. <laughs> no, you know, people that are special, people that yeah. are, yeah. Have. Uh, I'll never re- forget that guy who just sort of came in and sat down at that table, you know, facing the wall. Facing and then, the wall, bro. And then, and then his food came without talking to anyone, and then he left. It was like, wow. Face the wall, don't have to order. Yeah. 
it's like cheers except um <laughs> no one knows your name because they don't have to mm-hmm. and no one's your friend either <laughs> they're just your server yeah they're just the person you hand your credit card to yeah uh i actually had an idea in new york city hmm. telling my sister about it a silent restaurant wow so you know like new york is overwhelming and stimulating yeah I wonder if there could be, you would go in and then you would just order off an iPad and then food would just show up, but no one talked. It's a si- like, so like if you're like having a really intense work day and you mm-hmm. just want a half hour lunch mm-hmm. to sit in silence and enjoy your food, mm-hmm. I would be into that. It's, you know, it sounds really good and it's a very interesting situation. Um, of course, you know, I hang out with a crowd that um, that does silent meals from time to time. You know, Chef Ito down at Olak, yeah. he took a bow of silence back in 1999. Mm-hmm. And so every once in a while we'll do a Thanksgiving dinner or some sort of celebratory dinner. And um, everybody in the room is not talking. And it's such an interesting experience to have where no one is talking in a so- what most people would consider to be a social environment. And everyone's just staying in their own silence and communicating to, you know, to some degree with their eyes. That's sort of interesting because when I, I've experimented with that a little bit uh-huh. and it is really nice. It changes. Most of the times I've eaten in silence has been in monasteries. Yeah. Like Zen centers. Yeah. Monasteries. Zen centers. Yeah, they yeah. eat in silence yeah, a lot. Yeah. And it, you definitely enjoy your food more for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there's a social aspect of food. I like at the Crestone Mountain Zen Center, they eat in silence for the first 10 minutes and then, oh, okay. then they talk, okay. which I kind of like. Yeah. It's a good idea. It's a hybrid. Yeah, it's a yeah. hybrid. Yeah, you know, you get to be silent with your food and then you can talk afterwards. Yeah. I do think that, you know what it comes down to? It's like, mm. where was I? I was at some coffee shop over the weekend and there was some woman FaceTiming, no headphones. Um, wow. Just like listening to her talk to someone about a dress. Ooh. And I was just like, is that okay now? I guess that's okay now. You can just, you know, basically have a video conference in a coffee shop. And so I think it's that. It's like there's so much of that now that I would just love to be able to go places. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would so I would definitely pay money to go into a silent space to eat or have a cup of coffee. For sure. Wow. My old co-working space is mm-hmm. silent. That is such a great idea because it's like, you know, it's like, hey, you want to meet some introverts? You know, I don't even we can know. We call it the introvert cafe. It, I don't even or, view it or, as... <laughs> or wannabe, wannabe introverts. I don't view it as just introversion. Okay. I view it as dealing with overstimulation. <laughs> okay. But people who get overstimulated first would probably be a little more introverted? More sensitive, for sure. We'll say more sensitive. Do you think that... I was talking to someone about this. Do you think that intro, what we label introversion is just a form of sensory hypersensitivity? Like... Is it just because like when I ask my introvert friends, they're like, well, I feel flooded in large groups. If I go to a party, it's I feel like overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hear that a lot from introverts. Like they don't like being in any more than sort of four to six people is their max. Um, and I wonder if this binary we've la- labeled is not the whole story. It's just like this. Is, these are just people who are sensory sensitive. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective. Um, you know, the classic way of determining introvert over extrovert is is uh is not stimulation but recovery right yeah introverts feel like recharged by being alone yeah extroverts often say they get energy from being in relationship to other people yeah 
Um, so that's the classic. So, uh, you know, if we use another way of evaluating that, I mean, I personally don't believe that anyone's one way or the other. I feel it has to do with a bunch of other things. But, but it is, I mean, it's a healthy way to, to look at things so that you don't mm, overtax your system based on who you are. Right. Yeah. Do you think you can change over the course of your lifetime? Some people actually have the perspective that, that you do. That every every extrovert becomes an introvert, and every introvert becomes an extrovert. So I think I feel like what we're talking about is um, what they're talking about in those level, in those worlds is expression, mm-hmm. as opposed to the way of taking in the world. I have observed more extroverts becoming introverts more than introverts becoming extroverts, but I never know with that whether it's just aging, whether as you age you become more uh you gain depth to your humanity and that expresses itself as more of an internal focus uh, uh, i feel I like want- it come i feel like it has to do with balance i feel like it has to do with the balance of 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 people and every extrovert mm, you know would slow down and maybe take in people more and every introvert would mm, move towards more expression yeah and so i feel like if we look at our whole life as as a way of the balance point Hmm. that 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 has some resonance sure all right well i know that you guys all tuned in to hear this conversation about introversion (laughs) actually we're about to give you a lecture on focus well it's about how to focus on your show yeah focus and and focus looks very different for introverts and extroverts you know what i mean because like because an extrovert needs to be at the center of attention needs people around them that helps them focus and introverts yeah. actually need to do their work alone and to you know focus that way that's why introvert introverts tend to surround themselves with things mm-hmm. and extroverts tend to surround themselves with people that's interesting i had this uh college professor named Gayatri Spivak and what? She, well, what i'm sorry say that name again she she grew up in calcutta Gayatri is her first name wow and her last name was Spivak okay and uh She's like a big deal in the world of literary theory and which is obviously a really important world. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, she grew up in Calcutta and she used Uh to say, you know, she loved like enormous amounts. She couldn't work without noise. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, oh, well, that she must be pretty extroverted because that's someone who likes a lot of Mm -hmm. sensory noise. Stimuli. Yeah. Stimuli. Yeah. So Josh and I are like, Josh is staring at my laptop because, um, as we've said, we mentioned it, I have unearthed our first recording. Um, and I wanted to play it because I wanted everyone to know like how this stuff starts and that just to let everyone know, like Josh and I had sort of like, we didn't like, we weren't just like, let's do a podcast, go. What happened was we had been having dinner at that point for a couple years Mm -hmm maybe even three years, every three, four months at Anaka talking about storytelling and character in addition to sharing our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I was doing most of the sharing. Josh was doing most of the uh, advice. Mm-hmm. Real um, estate, we talked about real yeah, estate Yeah, we used too. to talk about real estate so much. Yeah. Mm. It was a dark period. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, eventually, Josh kind of knew that I was into audio recording and he said, well, why don't you bring some gear next time? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. So I brought my audio recording gear to the restaurant. 
and we just were like okay we'll just do a pilot in this restaurant Mm -hmm. and i think i was probably like um the audio is gonna be shitty but we were just like no let's just try it yeah okay so without further ado i'm gonna play for you guys our um just like the first bit of this recording why am i nervous why am i nervous oh god okay hit record again i want to talk about something else now this is this is this is the good stuff well that was what happened i realized i'm looking at him like no i didn't hit record no I mean, all that amazing material just gone forever. Amazing. Oh my God. We're doing great. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Just a little bit more sesame oil. Thank you. Sorry. That was really bad. That was. I mean, that was like posterity stuff. I mean, that was like stuff like you know, real estate cold. Oh well. Okay, let's stop the tape for a minute. Let's just explain what's happened of this so far. Okay, so, so far, um, Josh and I have already been talking for an hour, but I looked down at my recorder and I realized, oh, no, I never hit the record button because I'm a fucking sound engineer pro. Because <laughs> <laughs> Josh is like, uh-huh. what's next on our podcast? And I was like, well, there's really no next because um, there was no beginning yet. So um, nice. that was it. And then apparently I have um, a greedy attitude to sesame oil because this waitress had already brought... Um, one thing of sesame oil. Whoa. So, okay. And, I, and I'm really liking the background music or the oh, music yeah. they're playing in the restaurant. That There's was really a, nice. Some yeah. smooth classical. Yeah. So we're still well, now we're going to talk about more character driven elements. Yes. So here's the thing. Here's the thing I realized today as I was in my shower. I do some of my best thinking about stuff in my, sh- or non-thinking, I should say, in my shower. Thank you. And it comes down to this, which I find so interesting. So, in in writing and in performing mm-hmm. narrative, we're constantly looking to to leverage the character, right? Put them between a rock and a hard space, so there's no way out, so that they're forced to take action, right? To, to to make it more uh, dramatic, mm-hmm. you know, just like Donald Trump, right? He's he's like the king of like the king of your trapped on the answer. Yeah, like poking poking, stimulating fire, you know, getting people aroused, inflammatory things, you know. Yeah. So people react, and then. People and people that are more educated and the people that are more sophisticated spend their whole life trying to do the opposite, trying to create more options, right? More ways of not feeling pressurized to make a decision or basically to have options so you never force into any one position. And that's interesting. So essentially what we're doing is we're creating a character that has a blind spot. Because if the character is smart, educated, well-informed, blah, 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 and they've been positioned into a certain area where they have to make a choice, they've been leveraged, that means that they have a blind, that's their blind spot. Okay, Adam, I'm sitting here literally blown away. Tell me why. Not just because of the content, which the content is interesting, of course, but... 
we had this ex- almost exact conversation literally 30 minutes ago before we started. Right. So what you can take it, home from that, this is like, dear this listeners, is that we still talk about the same shit three years later. Well, I, I, like verbatim, rock in a hard place, giving yourself more option. The difference between a human being and a character for, that's built into a narrative. It's Yeah. I mean, it's surprising listening to some of this audio because it's like the same ideas about that we were thinking about then we basically spent the last couple of years refining <laughs> like trying to articulate them and, and doing lots of other topics. But, uh, it's, and I'm also kind of struck by the pace at which we are talking about this. Yeah. Like it's a very slow measured way in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we got a little faster over, over the couple of, well, I really appreciate the inner life that's going on at the restaurant. That's, <laughs> you know, I'm on the edge of my seat. What's going to happen next? But, um, yes, yes, we're, yes, we're more I like facile. the natural sounds. Yeah, I do too. It reminds me of luncheon at the music center. Yes. Which is like a KCRW. Yeah, show. Where they, you mentioned it. But I remember that sound, that intro where they would have yeah. like the dinner glasses yeah. clanking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, dear readers, we're not going to make you listen to the full hour of recording of this. <laughs> if you email us, <laughs> we'll think about emailing it to you. But we just wanted to play it so you know that, like, we just decided. I don't also don't even know if I talk in this whole thing. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. Well, I haven't listened to it in forever. But you know what would be really fun though, Adam, is now that we're talking about it, is why not? Why not um, post it uh, on on the same on the week? You know, so uh-huh. that it's a it's a downloadable thing for everybody. Why do we have to make make people ask us, beg us, beg to, us to, to to send it to them as a link? So you want me to just throw this up as like another option? Yeah, as like yeah, the second thing, the second part thing part two, if you will. Josh and I's first recording. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to listen to it to make sure we didn't say anything terrible. But yeah, um, I I think we wanted to talk today about how you end up doing a hundred episodes of a show, and how you kind of stick with the project over time, and yes. how you develop something. Yes. So, You've mentioned this before, but you feel like uh, we never knew that it would come this far and that you just was like one day at a time. I think when we originally thought about this, I kind of thought about like doing 15 episodes Mm -hmm. Um, and it, we never ever thought that it would go this long or at least I didn't. Um, And so I want to ask you like, Josh, what do you think was important to like making it sustainable over a long period of time well the first and most important thing i would say unequivocally for sure without a doubt the most important thing is having an amazing partner like you oh thank you so uh oh that was very sweet of josh wow i didn't i was gonna make some and and, and, bad comeback but 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 but, but more importantly it's actually true seriously i mean well yeah you have to work with people yeah uh which is not to say Josh and I always get along. We don't. It's more that like, I don't want to sugarcoat this for you guys at home. We get along a lot. And um, Josh is extremely patient, which is helpful because I'm not. Like there are certain things, like we are, like the things that we're each, like our strength, I would say our strengths and our weaknesses are complement. Mm-hmm. If we were both impatient, I don't think this would have worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just to say like, who you you know it's a gut check of like is this someone i can work with yeah and also for us where it was like we're also kind of like it helps having someone else to show up yes like it's really just knowing that you have a collaborator and that you're like okay by next tuesday this needs to be edited or we need three show ideas by next wednesday when we record you know it just kind of like that 
that sort of keeps things going, you mm-hmm. know? And mm-hmm. a lot of the time when I was away or Josh was busy teaching in Europe or like there's just, we just kind of like having one person to just kind of say, okay, we got to go do this now. And mm-hmm. is a, is a huge issue of accountability, I would say. Um, and it helps with accountability a lot. Uh, I think a big thing we've forgotten is just eventually we just kind of had the courage to put stuff out. You never really had a block to that, but I did. Mm-hmm. And like, I wanted stuff to keep being better and better. And I didn't want it to be, I was like, let's keep developing, you know, I forget this, but we used to re-record the shows. Right, right. We would record one version, listen to it and be like, okay, this, this, and this worked, this didn't. Right. And I actually still think that's a really smart, valid way of working. I think it's a little bit harder when you're putting out a weekly show. It would be easier if we're putting out a monthly show, but like, like we, we got more willing to put our work out there. To put it into context, literally for, I think it's, it was more than six months and it wasn't more than nine months. So somewhere between six and nine months, you and I, I, I called them rehearsals. We rehearsed our shows almost weekly yeah. for that long of a period of time until we found the right balance of, of uh, entertainment, information, however else you want to say it and and came up with a, a dynamic that we felt would be you know helpful pleasing compelling for for people who listen yeah and we would take you know we would rehearse i would record it i would then send those to josh mm-hmm. and we would listen to him and be like okay this is what we like about this mm-hmm. wasn't what we don't like mm-hmm. so we actually worked on it like that and then i was very resistant to putting stuff out josh eventually just kind of forced the issue and said we're releasing now yeah and i think you kind of also need that in a partnership like you need someone to be like, like we just have to put this out. You know, like yeah. it's time. Yeah. Um, Gestation is over. Nine months, right? Yeah. Gestation's over, and it's time to give birth through the, through the expansion and the contraction. Um, and then also, you know, talking about Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk, he also talks about a lot about you know it's don't don't get caught up into this whole thing of quality and just get into volume and through the volume you will create you know higher and higher quality. And, you know, for people like you and I, Adam, who tend to go towards, you know, wanting to create something of, of a high quality product, um, it, it, it is good for us to just say enough and just start, you know, cre- yeah. create, release, relax, just it, start releasing. It's a balance. It's definitely a balance. I think like my but we are, but we, you know, let's be honest, we are on the other side. We are not on the, you mean like we're not on the side of people who are like, I'm going to put something out every day and it's going to be super shitty because I like the idea of (laughs) being on 14 platforms constantly because that's what you're supposed to do in 2019. We're not that we're on the other side of like, let's work on this and develop it till it's better. Yeah. And let's try to really be thoughtful about this. Yeah. And, uh, you just, yeah, we have to be careful about that because you can always try to make stuff better and better and better. Yeah. But yeah, there was a period. And I think also like we did some other stuff, like we released, Sometimes we would release two recordings. Mm-hmm. We did that a couple times. Yeah. We would record an hour and then record a shorter version. Mm-hmm. And then some people would actually listen to both, which was super weird. Mm-hmm. Um, or they would prefer the longer recording, which was odd. Because uh, I think sometimes people want more more detail and depth. It, it was counterintuitive in today's world. And yeah, and yeah very interesting. So yeah, we, we stopped doing the, the short versions and just put out whatever it is that we, yeah. that we felt was necessary. Yeah, that was For fantastic. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and we started introducing guests. Mm-hmm. Not a huge part of the show, but when we found someone interesting, we would have them on. Yeah, uh, we had uh, Tanya Swirling, the editor on Glow, and 
Six Feet Under and a bunch of other shows. And mm-hmm. she was really fascinating. We had Sherman Augustus, an actor on AMC's Into the Badland, a bunch of other movies. Uh, we had some really interesting people on. The amazing Anne Randolph. We had Anne. Anne was actually our first guest. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so, because if it wasn't for Anne Randolph. Yep, Josh and I would have never met. We met uh, when we actually met in a workshop. At Esalen. Yeah, a weekend workshop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, and oh, we should drop right now. Just oh, by the way, uh, and is going to be doing a show in Santa Monica. Uh, yeah, I believe it's the thirtieth on, th- on October thirtieth. So if you're in, in Los Angeles and you want to see Anne Randolph's show, October thirtieth. I can't say enough good things about inappropriate in all the right ways. Her new show. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, so worthwhile to go, and I know that will sell out. So you will probably want to get tickets. I think yes. if you're on Facebook, you should go to her Facebook page. Cause yeah, that's Anne where Randolph. I sell it. Yeah. Com or yeah. Um but. We were really kind of selective about guests. We often said no, mm-hmm. and it was mostly because... And how can we forget Harold? Oh, Harold, the chocolatier. <laughs> Original bean, Harold. Yeah, that was special. We had we, we chose people we thought actually could speak to process and yeah. how they work creatively yeah. and would be articulate in that regard, which is why we had like random people, ostensibly random people, like a chocolate maker mm-hmm. or an editor who is not mm-hmm. the first person you think to interview mm-hmm. in a television production. So uh, it was a different approach, and we continue to like look at that, like who can we bring on to really help our listeners and contribute. Yeah. Uh, we had Deborah Silverman, an astrologer, to talk That's about right. astrology and character. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. So along the way, we just kept trying stuff. We kept showing up uh, if need be. And we planned, I think. It's something we overlook. We, you know, we do a lot of things we don't think about that other people, you know, we were always kind of tracking, okay, what, are we, what episodes do we need for the next five weeks? Mm-hmm. How do we stay current? Mm-hmm. You know, like, how do we connect? We also did other ways to connect with our listeners. We did the creative workbook. Joshua did, I think now it's fifth or sixth event mm-hmm. downtown mm-hmm. to give our listeners an opportunity to both meet each other and also to tell their own stories on stage, to create community. So we just worked at different ways to build out. Uh, what we wanted was to foster the creative process for our listeners and to give them a sense of community to yeah. help them. So yeah. we remain, I think, open to new ideas. And I think oh, we still right. do. Like, we you know, are, I yeah. don't know what this will, you know, we have a new series coming out um, in the next, by the end, you know, probably early next year. And so there are a lot of things that we just did along the journey. Mm-hmm. That I think were helpful. And the underpinning of it all is to open up the possibilities of what it means to be in creative process and to help people, hopefully to inspire and, and, and to create form and, and inspiration for people to be in their creative process and, and, and to create a self-awareness around your creative process so that it's you're both growing and it's also supportive. It's like you need, you need both. You need to be comfortable, like foundationally, but you also need to be uncomfortable so that you expand and grow. And it's always that that expansion contraction uh, element that's 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 required yeah absolutely the support factor i can't speak to highly enough like it just makes such a big difference yeah to have uh, another person there to help you and then also in a way we're supported by our listeners you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. even though they don't give us money which they should um <laughs> we're but at least they don't heckle us you yeah know? <laughs> we're supported by knowing you guys are there and listening um, and some of you guys who send us um, nice emails and nice reviews and right. um, it's a relationship and we want to provide the best content we can for that audience. Yeah. So, uh, and we're really good listeners. So if, if any of our audience wants to talk to us, feel free. Cause you know, we, we love to listen to our, 
our audience members. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, write us and Get write us notes, your notes at Gmail. Yeah. Uh, so is there anything else you want to talk about, about now that we're on our hundredth episode and how we got here? Yeah. The other thing I want to bring up is that if someone said to me, you know, you're going to do a hundred episodes in the next two years, I would say not likely. Yeah. You know? And so, I feel like a lot of times what happens is is that if we set these uh, goals or these uh, external devices, um, that sometimes they can be counter uh, counter helpful, not helpful, and perhaps it's always better just to stay in process and and just to do what's next, what's in front of you. Um, even if someone said, "Hey, you know, I want you to do 100 episodes in the next month," again, that would be like that'd be overwhelming. Yeah. Or you know, and I prefer to be underwhelmed in my life. So. Yeah. I prefer um, to have low expectations for myself. Low expectations. <laughs> you know, <laughs> under promise and <laughs> under deliver. <laughs> Basically, you know what? Yeah, because because then I can keep showing up in a, in a way where I'm not um, overpressurized and then it takes away some of the joy and the bliss. And if I stay in the process of it, then then I turn around one day and I go, wow, that was two years and 100 episodes as opposed to having it uh, like a, a yoke on my back. Uh, yeah lifting the, the heavy burden yeah it's you know we talk about a lot with the creative workbook i wrote for the listeners and the work we do around um new year's but you know we couldn't just do a set of goals mm-hmm. you know it had to be uh what do we need to do now what decisions do we have to make now what needs to change what could be better um everything was pretty short term mm-hmm. what's the next project that's exciting to us mm-hmm. that we want to look at who's the next guest that we think would be great it's one step at a time. Yeah, it's really hard because um, it translates to other things. You know, if you think about writing a feature script, which is really hard, can take a long time. It's just too overwhelming. It's like, can yeah. I just sketch out a couple pages on who I think this character is? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like everything is step by step, which is a big learning for everyone in their process. Yeah, and not to be so driven by the end goal. And just really, again, it goes back to that, you know, adage, you know, enjoy the process, but really do enjoy the process and say, like, I, I just want to put together 12 minutes, you know, like you're, do- okay, let's do another one on, on Tuesday, October 22nd. Yep. So uh, next Tuesday. Yeah. Adam and Vivek and Corey and Noah Daya are all at the Fanatic Salon Theater. 7, 7 p.m. Uh, 7 p.m. Uh-huh. 7 p.m., yes. 7 p.m., tickets at the door. Tickets at the door. In Culver City. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's been its own sort of growth thing. I started by just doing like, okay, I'm going to get on stage and do one story or read something for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you get up to a point where like, you're like, okay, now I'm going to try the next step, which is maybe to do 12 or 15 minutes on stage. You know, it's just, it was step-by-step work. So Robin Williams, you know, does feature films, does TV shows, um, obviously passed away now, but did all this work. And yet when he had new material, he still got out on stage and did, and did 10, 15 minutes, you know, at comedy, at comedy houses. Um, Woody Allen does feet to one or two. He does one, I think, feature film a year for the last 37 years or whatever it is. And, you know, on whatever night of the week, he's out playing a saxophone. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Yeah, no, he does. He plays, I think it's a flute or clarinet Clarinet? at the Village Vanguard, I think, um, in Manhattan. But yeah, he has a rhythm. So it's a constant practice. It's a constant showing up. And um, if you can, without agenda, you know, just uh, other than the the agenda to work on on self, you know, work on your own process. Yeah. And and in some ways, it's it's like being selfish 
you know, uh, with your creative process in terms of your personal development and not worrying about whether you're entertaining or not entertaining or, yeah, but really, because ultimately as I develop that, ultimately I become more giving. Yeah. That's something I've had to sort of explain to myself and other people and internalize is that, you know, when you do any creative project, you're so focused on whether other people like it and whether it's going to be quote unquote good. Mm. And I know I was, I think a little bit with this a lot. I think that was my resistance to releasing it. I kept being like, well, it could be better. Mm-hmm. And there's another perspective, which is like, I'm doing this. So I develop creatively, mm-hmm. you know, and I have, and I'm much more skilled at audio editing and I understand the dynamics involved in a, in a conversational podcast. And, you know, there's so much I've developed in my understanding of how audio and what we are doing on this show. Mm-hmm. And, that comes from development and it also comes from just letting go of needing to it be to be good but more being willing to like create it and then develop it and then take notes from people you trust and mm-hmm. trying new things it's just that's what it's important the other thing that i'm seeing also right now is that the technological aspects are are are, are changing so fast you know that in film school they're no longer uh, really getting too deep into the technology of the day because they know that in the next three to five years it's going to change anyhow so they're not they're not going into that part so much but they're going into like the the more the foundational aspects of of filmmaking and storytelling mm. um, because no matter what you need to have an engaging opening it doesn't make a difference if it's a podcast a feature film a TV show doesn't make a difference because the the platforms are changing rapidly and they're going to be changing again in the next five years uh, like what, what's that latest one now a lot of people are talking about TikTok. You no, know, I haven't seen it yeah 15 seconds man you got 15 seconds to get in and out <laughs> you know yeah Tell your story in 15 seconds. 15 seconds. And, th- and that's just like an appetizer. You have a 15-second appetizer to invite people to your to your five-course meal. Yeah. And so, you know, that's the language of, of today. And, you know, before, you know, p- people were writing stories on scrolls. Or before that, they were they were memorizing, you know, tombs of, of tombs or tombs. I think this all goes back to my desire for my restaurant. What's that? Well, it's just like, yeah, like I don't want a 15-second appetizer. I want to be able to sit there and be in silence and eat mm-hmm. my meal. But I understand what you're saying, Joshua. And the film school example is interesting because, yeah, it's like no matter what the format, whether it's a novel, a script, a 15-second video, like you have to know how to tell a story. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand how character works and relationship works and um, and also some visual sensibility if we're talking about film school. So, yeah. And, yeah. and there you go. The, the way framing of shots mm-hmm. relates to emotional life of the audience and the characters. So anyways... Uh, so the sense and the, de- the development of the sense and sensibilities of the artist is, is always paramount and that's always ultimately 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 that's what we pay for that's what we that's what we want to buy that's what we'll buy in order to enjoy it and see it right and um, I guess that's what you guys you listeners have been buying from us as our point of view without paying but that's fine <laughs> <laughs> do, do I hear Patreon in, in our future is I don't that, know, is that what I don't know if we're on Patreon yet uh but uh yeah yeah chocolate bars you know i, I think you can send chocolate bars through the mail is that right is that right Adam? Uh, uh josh has a p.o box <laughs> <laughs> in beverly hills yeah uh-huh. uh, well actually you know there are big one of my uh, ultimate payments that i receive from everyone is is when people send me a note or 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 in a class or or in conversation somehow that people share with us that like, wow that really helped me 
you know, your episode last week when you mentioned blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's, that's huge for me. Yeah. So deep awesome. appreciation. Okay. Well, a hundred. Thank you, Joshua, for your support. Thank you, Adam. Everything you have done to make this happen. Just really your steadiness. Mm, thank and you. And your flexibility. Ooh, wow. Great combination, right? Steady, Steady flexible, flexible, patient. Wow. It's all the yoga you do. <laughs> cool. And, and, and deep appreciation to you too, Adam, for all that you're doing and continue to do and your steadfastness and, and your vision. You, you're, you're a visionary, so I appreciate that. You also do amazing photography work. <laughs> well, you, I have to try to figure a way to integrate that into the show. Yeah. Yes. That would be good. That would be good. Listeners, thank you. Uh, it's our 100th. Uh, send us a note. It's always nice to hear from you what you got out of this show these past couple years, or if you're a new listener, what you're getting out of it. Also, if there's stuff you wish you could have more of or that we're not doing that you wish we could do, it's notesonyournotes at gmail.com. Uh, you can get all of the episodes at notesonyournotes.com or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. And we're going to be uploading a new uh, webpage on our website, which is uh, detailing how uh, you can work with either Adam or myself or both of us as a team uh, on your upcoming project because we want to make ourselves available to help people in lots of different ways to get more amazing quality work out there. Look out for that. Ways to work with Joshua and I. Uh, I think that's it. Apple podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts subscribe the facebook page and the instagram page are a great place to uh, also subscribe and get updates about all of our future episodes and also to dm with josh because that's what he's into and uh now you can always just ask us a question that way and i think that's uh, that's it as always uh, this mythical man kevin mcleod has provided our music these last two years thanks kevin uh and i've provided the editing we will talk to you next week mm-hmm.